You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. I am Stephen Simcox, your host. I appreciate you joining me today. A couple days before Christmas. It is Tuesday, December 22nd. In today's show, um, in this first segment, we'll actually hit some breaking news that appears to be going down right now with the TCU coaching staff. Uh, in segment two, I'll let you hear some of my interview with uh, Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12. He joined my radio show today, and we broke down some Big 12 bowl games. And in our final segment this evening or morning, wherever, whenever it is you're listening to it, I'm recording in the evening, so that was just a little verbal slip there. Um, in, in the final segment, we'll take a look at – TCU basketball and their matchup tonight against North Dakota State and just talk a little men's basketball as they get back on the hardwood this evening. But first, uh, it appears that Sonny Cumbie is on the move. Um, I saw this from Chris Level of Double T Radio. He said, welcome back 15 in a tweet. And it was a picture of Sonny Cumbie. And then there was also a report from R.C. Maxfield who is uh, a content creator and podcast host for Guns Up Nation. And he said it uh, looks more and more likely that Cumbie will be the next OC at Texas Tech. Isn't officially done, but it's headed in that direction. So we're stating this is not official yet. We don't have a statement from Tech. But there's rumors out there, and we now have multiple Tech reporters who are saying this is going to go down and this is going to happen. So what does this mean for TCU? Um, Well, Sonny is a lightning rod, and he has taken a lot of heat for this offense the past couple seasons. So I know there are a bunch of people that are probably excited. Um, A couple years ago, everyone seemed to want Sonny Cumbie fired. It didn't happen. Uh, Gary just sort of reassigned him. I'll say this about Sonny Cumbie. you know, has the offense struggled the past couple seasons under his leadership? Yes. I like him a lot as a person. I mean, I don't know him super well. Um, I just – I hear that he's a great man, has a very good character, is a coach that works really hard. I know that he is big on the recruiting front. He does a really nice job recruiting guys to TCU, getting them on campus, um, and he's also the quarterback's coach. His, he's listed as the quarterback's coach slash offensive coordinator. Um, but we all know Doug Meacham was really calling plays this year. He was the person behind the play sheet and making things happen, especially as we got later in the season. So I totally understand why Sonny would want to move on uh, back to Lubbock at a location where, you know, it appears he's going to have control over the offense with Matt Wells. I'm really curious to see what he does. Um at Tech, just because, I mean, Sonny Cumbie is an air raid guy. That's the coaching tree that he comes from. And the past few seasons, TCU has gotten away from that. And they're running the ball a lot. And they're using concepts in the passing game that aren't really consistent with what he's known for. So, I've always just been under the impression, is this a sudden philosophy shift for Sonny Cumbie? Or is this someone who is trying to fall in line with what Gary Patterson and now Jerry Kill 
want in an offense, which in my mind is a team that tries to control the clock and shorten the game and run the football effectively. Uh, and that's, you know, the, the basis of what they want to do. And then off that, use play actions, use play action passes to take shots deep down the field and stretch the field and run a pretty simple route tree um, that basically counts on your wide receivers being in a lot of one-on-one matchups with corners because you are so committed to running the football that teams have to bring people up in the box and, you know, play man coverage on the back end. That is not what Sonny Cumbie did for a lot of his career. It's what TCU's been doing the past few seasons. So now that he's sort of branching off into a new regime, a new place under Matt Wells, I'm really intrigued to see what he does next. And then I also think this is going to be really interesting to see what happens on the recruiting front. You know, they just signed a big quarterback recruit in Sam Jackson. Now, my impression from reading guys like Jeremy Clark and Billy Wessels who are plugged in is that Doug Meacham was a big part of that too. Um, But Sonny Cumbie got Justin Rogers to Fort Worth, and I know that didn't end up working out because he got hurt. Um, He was instrumental in bringing Max Duggan to campus. Now, Max has been there for a couple of years. He's a starter here. I don't think there's any worry there. But Sonny Cumbie is the quarterback's coach. So do you see – um, do you see TCU just sort of shuffle around the current staff that they have? Do you see Doug Meacham move to QB coach and maybe they bring someone in to be the inside receivers coach, which is currently Doug Meacham's job, or do they bring someone in to be a quarterback's coach? Is Jerry Kill interested in an on-the-field job, a positional coach job? And not what he's doing now, which is, you know, officially an offensive analyst, but unofficially – He is the head coach of the offense. Um, I totally understand why a lot of Horn Frog fans would be excited about the prospect of Sonny Cumbie moving on and bringing someone in, even if Cumbie didn't have the same influence on the offense as he has in the past, bringing someone in with some fresh ideas, with some new thoughts on what you can do with Max Duggan, what you can do with some of the playmakers on offense. I'll just say... Uh, It's probably better for everybody that they part ways, but I really appreciate Sonny Cumbie as a person. Uh, I think he did some good work in Fort Worth, and I'm intrigued to see what he does in a new spot with a fresh start and sort of what he wants to do on offense moving forward. But it appears he's gone. Um, Again, it's not official. We still don't have anything from Tech. Just multiple Texas Tech reporters have now said, hey, it seems like it's trending this way, and usually when those things get out shortly after they're official. So we'll monitor that story. I'll try to update you on it tomorrow. Coming up next, we'll talk with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 about some Big 12 bowl games. But before we do that, let's chat about Coors Light. Coors Light is the beer that's made to chill. Before I recorded this tonight, I was uh, downstairs watching Monday Night Football, uh, and when I was watching that game – don't know, as I'm saying this, I realize that once I record this, I won't know the outcome officially. But Steelers were really struggling. Big Ben looked bad. Uh, Big Ben looked like he needed a cold Coors Light in his hand. 
Coors Light is cold lagered. It's cold brewed. It's literally the beer that's made to chill. It's what I choose when I want to unwind. So when you get a chance to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can get Coors Light sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com if you don't want to get out and fight the crowds. Get it sent straight to your house. Please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, now let's talk about something really serious. Let's talk about making some money. We're ready for football, college football's in bowl season, NFL regular season is finishing up, and the playoff picture is becoming clear. And there's one place that has you covered, betonline.ag. If you want to make some cash, sign up today with a free account at betonline.ag. And if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag has NFL games of the week, college football's top games, and the current headlines and sports don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your sports book experts back here on locked on horn frogs steven simcox here with you uh, a couple segments left in today's pod right now i want you to hear from josh neighbors he does the locked on big 12 podcast here's josh talking about some big 12 bowl games on my radio show off the bench this morning have a special guest on the phone line. It's Josh Neighbors, who covers uh, the Big 12 Conference for the Locked On Network. He does the daily Locked On Big 12 podcast. And, and Josh, before we get to these Big 12 bowl matchups, I just wanted to ask you, what were your impressions of the college football playoff selection in general? Notre Dame stays in after losing to, uh, to Clemson. Ohio State survives a scare from Northwestern, and they stay in. Who has the, the biggest beef here? Is it A&M? Is it Cincinnati? Um, what do you make of, of the top four selection this year? I would say the biggest beef, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Cincinnati just because look at the quality of the resume. I honestly, honestly, it's pretty high, right? I mean, it's, it's a good resume. They've got wins over several ranked teams, right? They beat a nine two army. Uh, they beat Tulsa. They beat, uh, you know, good SMU team. They beat UCF. They beat Memphis. So we all believe are good football teams. And look, it's not, it's not Ohio state's fault necessarily that they played a shortened schedule, right? It's the big tens fault. The problem here, though, is that, you know, it's only six games. And, you know, a lot of those other teams have losses, right? And if you look at this Ohio State team, far from perfect. As they played a 12-game schedule, I mean, it was going to go one of two ways, right? Either they were going to work things out or they were going to eventually lose because that was not a good-looking football team. And I think that Cincinnati has the should have the benefit of the doubt there where they said, look, we played a full schedule, we played tough teams. Yeah, we came closer to a loss or two, especially that Tulsa game, but we got the job done, and I think they, they have that argument. So that's why I'd say my biggest qualm would be is that Cincinnati has kind of the best, uh, the best case, if you will. So, Josh, turning to these Big 12 games, uh, you know, the first one that jumps off the page to me, obviously, is, is Oklahoma and Florida. OU holds on against Iowa State. Um, how big of a chance is this for the conference to make a statement if they beat a really good Florida team that took Alabama to the wire? And and what are some some things that uh, stand out to you when you look at this matchup? Well, it's not that good. And the problem here with that is it's not a good one because Florida's gonna ha- not going to have a lot of those guys. Like Anybody who wants to the NFL, we already saw Kyle Pitts, is going to be out. That team has lost three games, and really everything that was on the table for them is now gone. Um, you know, they, I mean, sure, they got a point to prove in that game, of course, but really how big of a statement is it going to be? How big of a point can they make? For Oklahoma, it's all about worrying about yourself 
and saying, look, we have so much we can build off from this season. I mean, if they bring a lot back, you know, Steve and I, you and I were talking last night, there's nobody who we think is going to be able to challenge them next year, especially if they bring a lot of this core back. If you just think about the way that they found their form late in the season, um, you know, that's kind of what it's about for me is just maintaining that as best as possible and, you know, just kind of solidifying themselves as, you know, look, if, if this is who they are next season, look out because that's actually a team that's going to be able to compete with an Alabama, with a Clemson. They're going to have the horses on both sides of the ball to actually do it. And they're going to, have to get better, obviously. But for me, that's, that's what I want to see from Oklahoma is carrying that forward, right? Uh, you know, they had a bad second half against Iowa State offensively. Can they do things like, I mean, it's a good chance against Florida to adjust. So can you build off, you know, can you, can you fix those things? Can you get uh, all the receivers involved? Can you begin to develop that relationship for Rattler and all of those guys coming off injury too? That's what I'm looking at. Not as much, you know, beating a team like Florida. It's about continuing the things that they're building right now. Obviously, it's not going to happen this season, but uh, how important is it, in your opinion, for Oklahoma to get into the playoffs and then actually win a bowl game? I mean, for them, it's very important. For the Big 12 Conference, you know, look, I don't think it's that important because they're always going to have a seat at the table. Uh, this is not a situation where the Big 12 is going to get the, uh, you know, the, you know the, the, the hand in the face, right? They're not going to get the stiff arm from the committee. As long as the Pac-12 looks like it does, uh, <laughs> the Big 12 is going to be in good shape, right? For OU as, as a program, it's very important for them. Uh, you know, it's, it's everything, right? Lincoln Riley has shown an ability – to develop teams in several ways, right? Different quarterbacks, develop them, uh, bring guys along like he's doing this season. For them, it's about putting the piece together more so on the defensive side, right? And this is a group for Alex Grinch, especially that he's finally got them in the right spot. Uh, with You know, that defense just completely flipped in the middle of the season when they get a couple guys back. And, you know, obviously Perkins is a big one, but you look at the way Thomas played, Benito played, they've got the dudes to make an impact and to get, you know, to, to go up against an Alabama. And I think for them, it's about getting to a spot where they can get a roster like this into a situation in a bowl game where they can get the job done. They just need the opportunity to do it. So it's about taking care of business next season and giving yourself a chance because they weren't going to be, they were not going to be LSU last year. So hopefully they can get a better matchup uh, if they get back again. This matchup between Texas and Colorado in the Alamo Bowl. How good a matchup is this and how is it imperative is it that Tom Herman ends on a good note in a bowl game? Well, look, Colorado's going to have a whole lot more to play for than, than Texas. I mean, Texas has, has had a bunch of guys opt out. Um, and at this point in time, I mean, think about Colorado, right? They only got to play five or six games a season. So for them, for all the work they've put in, this is a lot more important for them because it feels like, hey, we, we won another game. We, we deserve another game. So they're going to come out motivated, and the job Carl Doral has done there, and once again, it cannot be understated uh, you know, or overstated how good of a job he did, especially considering how late in the game you know, they switched coaches with Mel Tucker going to, going to Michigan State. So uh, they've got a lot to play for. Tom Herman's got to find a way to get these guys up. I know he's you know, great in bowl games, but with, with what they're missing, um, still, they've got enough talent, and they should be able to beat Colorado, but can he get them up? Can he get them ready to play? I mean, I think he will to some degree so they can get them ready. It's probably be a closer game than we expect, but Texas has the talent, and they should, they should beat Colorado. We're talking with Josh Neighbors from uh, the Locked On Big 12 podcast on ESPN Central Texas. So, Josh, Iowa State, they're going to get a chance against Oregon, who, you know, Pac-12 hadn't really played many games at all. Not sure what to expect there, but I want to ask you sort of a big-picture question about the Clones. Uh, you mentioned this last night about the, the possibility of Matt Campbell. 
staying there long term. I know Iowa State fans are pretty convinced that he's he's their guy. How long do you think Matt Campbell is, is going to stay at that job? And do you feel like he raises the ceiling? I mean, can they be a, a, a program that challenges for a conference title year after year as long as he's there? Oh, yeah. As long as he's there, I mean, they're, they're going to be able to challenge. The question for me is how long is he going to be there? And I think a lot of that's going to be dependent on which jobs open up, right? We're looking at a situation where Michigan's probably not going to open. Uh, you know, a situation where Clay Helton has saved his job at, I mean, miraculously, somehow saved his job again at USC. Uh, there's, no, you know, the Auburn job's open, but his name is not in talks for that. So if there's no natural move and the NFL is not knocking down his door, and look, if you're the NFL, you know, if you're an NFL team, I mean, the, the guy you should be going towards, uh, I love Matt Campbell, but it's Lincoln Riley just because, you know, offensive ingenuity is the, uh, the flavor of the day in the NFL. So I think for this season, Matt Campbell, or, you know, this offseason, rather, He's going to be there, and I think a lot of that is not because I, I, you know, he wants to build Iowa State into this juggernaut. I'm sorry, Cyclone fans, but it's because it's not the right time to move if none of those jobs are open. In my opinion, it's the right time to move just because, I mean, what he's built this program to, it's, it's unbelievable, right? I mean, we, we've seen a lot of these teams, you know, your Baylor's of the world, uh, you know, the Iowa State in this, in this case, right? You make the Big 12 championship game, and it's really hard to get back there. He's taken them to this point where it's top of the mountain, what an incredible job. We should appreciate this. And for me personally, I think it's time to move on once the opportunity, the correct opportunity, presents itself to Matt Campbell. Oklahoma State and Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl. Has Oklahoma State got enough weapons left that have not uh, decided not to be able to play? And injury-wise, they've been banged up as well. Can they, can they get it done against Miami? They should be able to. I mean, this Miami team, you know, I, I don't know if the two pass rushers are going to opt out. My hunch would be they would. Um, this is like the dysfunctional bowl because these two teams, you know, good kind of seasons on paper-ish, right? Uh, a lot of talent, but de- deficiencies in a lot of places, right? You know, Spencer Sanders has a turnover problem. Um, this team that has not been able to get the run game going injuries at wide receiver and offensive line. And then the secondary, they had some issues as well. It's just been hard for, for Mike Gundy this year. I don't know how important this bowl game is. I don't feel like it should be that important, but you know, I've said this a lot, man. Mike Gundy, is, he's kind of hit the ceiling at Oklahoma State. Like, How many times? This was the group that was supposed to beat OU. This was the group that was supposed to get them past Oklahoma, and they didn't do it. Uh, and they got flattened in the process as well. That's my, and they lost this game to TCU where you know, they forced five turnovers. They lose to Texas, and they, you know, game where they turn the ball over five times. It's, it's time, if they think you know, this is as far as they can get with Gundy um, and, he, and they want to stay here, fine, keep him. But if they have aspirations of getting higher, it might be time for them to consider a change because they keep hitting the ceiling, and they're not, they're not punching through it, especially against their biggest rival. Texas Bowl, they got TCU in Arkansas, and TCU started off the season really, really slow, but uh, was able to turn things around and, and, and get bowl eligible. Uh, how, how big is it that they have this game against Arkansas? And Arkansas is no pushover. That's a team that, that looks a lot better than they did in years past. So, so how are you liking this one? That, that's a compelling matchup, right? I mean, but that's a, that's a game where you like to see it because you know both teams want to be there. Uh, Arkansas, great job by Sam Pittman, you know, bringing in Barry Odom as defensive coordinator. And they've had their struggles at times on defense, but that's not a great roster. It's really not. And they've done an excellent job, even though I know they're three and seven. Um, you know, they, in that division, man, that's the toughest division in all of college football. And 
they put a, put together a really decent season. All things considered, then Steven knows this. You know, he's locked on a Horn Frogs uh, host, and they do I mean, the, the job they've done to get this thing turned around with one of the just worst passing games I've ever seen. But somehow they manufacture offense better than any team. They run the football at you, and they're going to take the deep shots. I mean, there's there's really no intermediate passing game with TCU, but they've used it to their advantage. You know, they they I mean, I think it was. Correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen. What four of the last five games they got wins? Five of the last six mm-hmm. got themselves above 500. Uh, had a really nice win against Louisiana Tech there last week. And yeah, I think both teams have plenty of motivation, and I'm excited for it. And I, I think TCU's got a good chance to win that game. That's Josh Neighbors from my radio show Off the Bench this afternoon, breaking down some Big 12 bowl games. When we come back, we'll take we'll talk some uh, TCU basketball. Wrap up the show for the day. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get in that final segment, let's discuss Built Go. Uh, do you struggle with hitting sort of that afternoon wall, wall, that afternoon lull? Are you looking for an energy solution that is all natural and good for you? Well, why don't you try Built Go? Built Go is made by the same people that make delicious Built Bars, and it's a one-and-a-half-ounce package. Small, convenient to carry around wherever you go. It comes in three delicious flavors like peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And why does it work so well? Well, it combines an energy gel with some protein. It's fast absorbing, so it gets in your system fast and it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff. It's that it's what's going to help put you over the top in the late afternoon. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs, final segment on today's pod. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, that's a good way to let people know about the pod. Also, you can subscribe on Spotify. Um, you can subscribe on Stitcher. Wherever it is you get your podcast. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you just sign up because that way it gets sent straight to your phone. You don't have to worry about downloading it every day um, or knowing where it is and when to listen. You can listen to it conveniently wherever you are, whenever you'd like to. Uh, tonight, TCU basketball takes on North Dakota State in a, in a matchup at 8 p.m. It's going to be on ESPNU if you'd like to watch it on TV. And North Dakota State, pretty good team. Now, the record wouldn't indicate it. Um, they are Owen, no one and five, two and five coming into the season, but they've played some uh, pretty competitive games, two and five coming into this game against TCU, but they actually played Kansas really tough. They only lost by four to KU. They lost to number 13 Creighton by 11 points. Um, Nebraska handled them pretty well earlier this season, but they've played some, uh, some good opponents, um, in some competitive games so far throughout this year. Uh, but ultimately, I think this is more about TCU working on themselves, getting better as they go into conference play. And, you know, some things that I'm looking for in this game, the Frogs had a really nice night against Oklahoma State, a great comeback victory, and we saw that backcourt. We've really seen that backcourt emerge as the season has gone on. You know, R.J. Nimhard, Mike Miles, they're making plays happen. Um and it's fun to see them go to work, and you hope that that continues against North Dakota State. Uh, you know, on the inside, Kevin Samuel, he was named Big 12 Player of the Week. I love that they've been getting him more involved on offense lately. I want to see more of that. I want to see this team feed it down low to Big Kev because he's a special player, 
and you know he's someone that can be a, a real force on the inside in the low post if they can get him more touches and get him touches on the block where he can go to work and make things happen. Um, and this is a, an important stretch. So they play North Dakota State tonight, and then they get eight days off before playing Texas Southern on December 30th, and then you hit the teeth of conference play. And you have Kansas State, and then the schedule gets really tough. Kansas, Baylor, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Texas, all in a row. So you want to start to pile up a few wins here before you just hit an absolute gauntlet of the Big 12 schedule in a couple weeks. Um, A game that can send you off and sort of springboard you into uh, that holiday break if you play well and get things done and make things happen. Um, Is Francisco Farabello back tonight? I don't know the answer to that. I would love if it's a yes because I think he stabilizes things for this team. He makes plays on offense. Um, He doesn't turn the ball over, and he allows those other guards to sort of work off the ball and focus more on scoring. Um, Can CCU play well defensively? They've struggled in that area as of late. I'd like to see them bounce back and make things hard for North Dakota State when they shoot the basketball uh, and try to score tonight. But TCU men's basketball, they take on North Dakota State this evening, and that should be a fun one against an 8 o'clock tip, and you can catch the action on ESPNU. Uh, I'll have tomorrow's pod up as well on Wednesday, and then that'll be my last podcast for the week. I'll take a little bit of a break over Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day. But I appreciate you listening to me today. Tomorrow, I'll have more reaction from the Sonny Cumbie news. We'll see if it's official by tomorrow. Again, looks like he's headed to Texas Tech, as some Texas Tech reporters are uh, saying he he's they're working towards getting him back in Lubbock as the OC under, uh, under Matt Wells. So we'll react to that. We'll also react to this TCU basketball game that's going on this evening. This is the Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.